You're watching Open Source Craft. Open Source runs the world, and we talk to the people who shape the world. And we are here today with Shana Moore, who is a success story. She's somebody who started out, um, graduated UCSD with a human development minor, Spanish literature, couldn't find a job, worked as an administrative assistant, and then found a passion for coding. A year and a half later, right now, she is working for full-time as a software developer. And over the next 30 minutes, we're going to walk through and hear your story because I personally find it so inspiring. It takes a lot, it takes a lot of um, grit and determination mm -hmm. to make some of the changes that you have. So mm -hmm. I'm excited to hear more. So um, I'm big into film and audio, and I know your path to this was when you were working with the administration job and you found a passion for creating some video, although it came out of frustration. Can you talk a little bit about that? Mm -hmm. So my interest in code came in two different ways. So at first, I, as I was working at administrative support, one of my main jobs were to manage spreadsheets using Excel and also to create um, reports. And so basically the day that I figured out that tasks that would take me all day to complete could be done in seconds and just automate the processes, I was instantly hooked. Um, so that was my, I guess, first introduction into the power of code. And then during this time, just... Wait, wait, hold on. I, oh, I want to sure. talk about that because um, I just did an interview yesterday with Ben Solitz, who's like a total data geek. And like same sort of thing, like he... Um, was working in a company where he had to do Excel reports. Okay. And he just found, like, he took it from there to Visual Basic, and he just loved getting into the data, the same sort of passion mm -hmm. um, that it sounds like you found as well. Yeah, it was really exciting um, for me. And, yeah, that was definitely a, a happy accident, I guess, to experience in that uh, role where... I didn't hate my job, but it wasn't definitely not my dream career either. Okay. And then you founded the Painted Lips Project. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about that? So, yeah, during this time, I was working full-time, but I was just inspired to create, I guess, do something creative, and that ended up being a YouTube channel where I record... Um, beauty-related videos mostly, and so the Paint It Lips project stemmed out of a frustration of not seeing much diversity being represented in the beauty community, and so I literally just started by creating small, short videos of modeling different products on, against my skin tone, um, just to show other women what, you know, a dark skin woman might look like wearing red lipstick, for instance. Um, and help their purchasing decision. And yeah, long story short, the it got pretty popular. Yeah, the Painted Lips project turned into a hashtag where women of all different skin tones could contribute modeling their own lipsticks and colors um, and yeah, be part of this community. So if you go to the YouTube channel, you'll see it uh, like kind of categorized in playlist. So you can search around by color. You can search around by brand and hopefully find a shade that will suit your skin color. Um, and yeah, it turned out to be this big community effort and it's a lot of fun. I need to get back into producing. 
And somehow, like the videos that you produced, like are beautiful. Oh, thanks. Like <laughs> it's not just you can tell that you put a lot of care and effort to creating beautiful cinematography. You know,、mm. in these videos,、like, how did you figure、it. that out? It's all self-taught. So. And you have an SLR. Yeah. And you figured out how to take that. So I got. I can't remember.、Um, I had a DS, DLSR, I think, just for photography,、um, and it had a record button. So <laughs> had a record button. Yeah, it it ended up being just a lot of self-taught and noticing、right. like the natural light is the best light、mm-hmm. and. Okay,、yeah. and then eventually、oh, you that got. That was another thing too.、Oh, a、hot. part of that process、um, process is teaching myself how to use Final Cut Pro.、Mm-hmm. So that. I don't know. I think this is、yeah. a pattern that we're going to、yeah. see in the story, where you're like, "I want to figure this out. I、yeah. can figure this out." Exactly. <laughs> yeah.、Um, so I think then、uh, through the Painted Licks project, you got an idea that you wanted to build something more than just a YouTube channel. Yeah. Tell us about that. So my idea initially was to create content that would complement that channel.、Mm-hmm. So I had an idea of having like a website and blog and. Like you could check out something that、uh, a color and click on it, and I'll hopefully、uh, link you to purchasing whatever.、Um, and then I was also interested in creating a mobile app for that as well. And so that curiosity is what led me to start just basically going online and figuring out what I need to do to make that happen. Um, so you started learning.、Mm-hmm. What, what sort of websites would you use to start learning about code? Of course, Code School, <laughs> but also Team Treehouse.、Um, I got a subscription for Lynda.com,、um, Skillcrush, like pretty much you name it. I probably have signed up for it、mm-hmm. <laughs> at some point、um, of, along this journey. So I did a lot of online self-learning as well as books as well. Okay, great. And all of that, and l- l- I'll give you a a short preview of what's to come. She just got back from RubyConf Australia, where she spoke about exactly this about her journey、yeah. to become a developer, which、yeah. is amazing that you're speaking、cool. at a conference there. So, and this was kind of in a short period of time. So, when did you start getting into all these websites? About maybe two, three years ago. Two years、uh, ago. Two years would be probably pushing it. Two years. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And so from there,、um, going from there to this need to find a community. So you're learning this online.、Mm-hmm. And then what's the next step? So the next step from I guess realizing that I had an interest in code, which.、Mm-hmm. At the time, like even when I was working as administrative assistant and manipulating Excel, like I didn't know what I was doing was called coding.、Um, <laughs> but anyways, once I I finally realized what it was that I was interested in, that's when I started to put myself out in the community and meet people. And it's like I kind of I don't know what the phrase is like. Put the rain before the horse or something. I don't know.、Um, like a lot of people will feel as if they're not. They don't know anything, and so they don't want to put themselves out there and、mm-hmm. expose that. But that wasn't the route that I took.、Right. Um, so, how did you find other people to talk to about coding? Yeah, I got 
One, I got really lucky. I feel like my neighbor um, was a huge player in my career story because she was a Ruby developer for Intuit um, and also the organizer for Rails Camp. Um, so I, I feel like her story really, I guess, set the light bulb off initially. Kind of inspired you, maybe? Yeah. Um, and also, for her, she was always going to a bunch of meetup groups. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's how I started getting interested in meetup groups as well. Nice. And yeah. what were those meetup groups? Where did you go to start talking with other developers? Um, so there's quite, do you want me to name them in yeah. particular? So one of my favorite ones in this area is called Full Stack Talks. And that was really... Here in San Diego. Mm -hmm. In San Diego, um, Carlsbad in particular. So I would drive like an hour just to go to this meetup. Um, and so each month they would choose a handful of people, basically speakers, to just give their talks. And I would listen to their talks, go home, and write a recap of what I learned, even though some of the talks were way above me at the time. Um, you know, I tried to digest as much as I could and regurgitate it in my, my blog post. And as a result of one of um, my blog post, I was offered an opportunity to uh, apply for a job there. So that was pretty exciting. Um, but I also really liked Girl Develop It, of course. Girl Develop It is a nonprofit organization. It's just a diverse group of men and women learning how to code with affordable classes. And as soon as I found that group, I felt extremely comfortable and kind of felt like home. I kind of stuck there <laughs> after that one. I know that, you know, when I first go to any new meetup, a new group of people, especially in a topic area that I'm not familiar with, as an introvert and somebody who can be honestly shy, you wouldn't guess that, but I can <laughs> be shy, um, there's, there's fear going into a new environment. Did mm -hmm. you feel any of that? Yeah, of course. Um, so the answer to that is yes, mm -hmm. and I mean, if you're not uncomfortable, you're not growing, ultimately. Mm -hmm. So wow. embrace those challenges and discomforts. That's good advice. And then at some point, you went to Rails Camp. I've always wanted to go to a Rails Camp, because it sounds, oh are you gosh. actually camping? You should come. The next one is very soon. Um, <laughs> what is it exactly? Colorado. Colorado. <laughs> but, yeah, so Rails Camp originated in Australia, and we have one here um, that changes location every year. Mm -hmm. So the last one was in Idaho. Um, the one that I went to, as I was saying, that my neighbor was the organizer of Rails Camp, and she invited me to attend, and that was in Stanislav Forest in Northern California. And I didn't know anything at the time. I didn't know what Ruby was or what Rails were, was, um, but I decided to go anyways. And it's basically a community. It's kind of like, I mean, you can bring your tent if you want to, but they have, it's kind of like summer camp for adults. Okay. And a chance for, you can pretty much do what you want, like make up your own rules. So if you want to go there and hack on a project, you can do that. Um, there's no you, structure. No, like there's like little like five minute lightning talks, like on certain days around the campfire, you could go canoeing, hiking, like mm. 
basically you make the best of it or whatever. Your experience is what you make of it. Mm -hmm. So, That's yeah, great. it was fun. And then um, you applied to Rails Girls LA and the RubyConf Scholar Program. Tell us about that. Yeah, so when I got home from Rails Camp, I just felt so inspired by the people that I met um, that I came home and decided to learn Ruby. And so I started immediately just Googling a bunch of opportunities that I could possibly take advantage of. Mm -hmm. And so that was the Rails Girls. That was a weekend where I spent the night in LA. Yeah, it was a two-day event and built my first Rails project. Um, and then I also saw the Ruby Conf scholar opportunity and applied to that as well and received that. So a couple months later, I was shipped off to Texas <laughs> and attended my first Ruby Conf experience. That's awesome. And so that was a scholar program where basically they helped you get there. They give you a free mm -hmm. ticket. They even pair you up with a mentor. Yeah, you get a mentor. They pay for your meals, your hotel. Uh -huh. Um, your plane ticket. So, yeah, it's like no excuse not to go. Oh, my goodness. And there you met up with uh, Jay McGavran, who mm -hmm. is also a friend of mine, used to work for Code School, um, which is great. Oh, and then I had a note here that when you went to Rails Camp, it helped you discover the social media network called Twitter. Okay. <laughs> yes. So with YouTube, social media is important. Um, to get your message out there. But Twitter was that one that I just didn't care for. But everyone at Rails Camp had a Twitter account. So I realized that I should get one too. And as more so as a way to keep connected with the people I met there. Mm. Great. Um, so all this time, you're still working as an admin mm -hmm. and not coding. Right. But you're learning and you're getting into all of this stuff. Um, and then um, sort of dabbling. And then um, I think you mentioned earlier that you wanted more, but you wanted more structure. Mm -hmm. tell, can you tell us about that transition from dabbling to being more serious about studying code? Yeah. So it was after the whole Rails Camp experience, after the Ruby, well, not actually after the Ruby, more so after the Rails Camp uh, Rails camp experience is when I kind of decided that I was more interested, like I had a more serious interest in code, mm -hmm. um, but I was just kind of all over the place with my books and podcast and going to meetups that I just really felt the need to have some kind of structure and um, just a plan. I, I really wanted someone to sit me down and say, do this, then do that, then do that. Mm -hmm. um, so that's what I started to seek out as far as like a curriculum or a structured program to start learning more where, seriously. Where'd that lead you? That led me to Learn Verified, okay. um, which is the remote program of Flatiron. Okay, yeah. yeah. So this is just sort of like a yeah, remote boot camp. Right. Did you consider applying to like full-time boot camps? Yes, and I, I would have loved to have attended a full-time boot camp. I feel like I learned the best in person too. Mm. Um, but at the time, I just wasn't willing to quit my job. Mm. Um, and yeah, <laughs> basically that was it. I just didn't want to take out a loan and I didn't want to 
struggle, I suppose, financially. Yeah. So then you found yeah. learn.co mm-hmm. um, at a Flatiron school, which is entirely remote. Mm-hmm. It's something that you can do in your spare time, so you didn't have to quit your job. Yep. Which is great. And um, got accepted there, um, which is great and more affordable than a full-time boot camp. Mm-hmm. Um, so then something happened about uh, three months into that. You want to tell us about that? Yeah, so it's just amazing that I think my story or I don't know, it's just kind of amazing the the transition of things that happened. So basically after about three months of starting to decide I wanted to learn this seriously, I got laid off from my job. Uh, um, and that's the worst. obviously that was really scary. Mm-hmm. And I ended up being unemployed for six months. Mm. But this put me in an uncomfortable situation. Um, And, you know, was that that fire that lit my booty to get my life together and make some serious choices, which ultimately led to a career change. Mm. That's great. It looks like we've got a question. Somebody's asking... Uh, what JavaScript framework is the best to, for starting out? So when people ask me framework, um, yeah, that's interesting. Well, it's probably do, do just, just languages learn, in general, ja- or probably just learn JavaScript. Let's say once you learn JavaScript, what yeah. framework do you go to? Well, I know you're so you're programming different. with uh, React right now. Yeah, React Redux. Redux. How are you um, liking that? It's learning. <laughs> it's challenging. <laughs> I go home and watch tutorials still, but um, when people ask me this question, when it comes to frameworks, I feel like there's so many different frameworks and that they change quite frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think it's, okay, so my suggestion to people, even though this isn't really the question, But people will ask me, like, what they should learn. And as a junior or just trying to learn how to program, there's so many different choices that it becomes super overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And I just always say just to pick one Mm -hmm. and get proficient at that one. Because after, if for me, that was Ruby. After I learned the fundamentals and basics of Ruby, being able to learn JavaScript or Python, like, the ideas of, it's just like doing something, the same idea, but done in a little bit different way. And it just becomes so much easier mm-hmm. than to, you know, have all these distractions. Oh, I need to learn this and then I need to learn that. And it's it feels very overwhelming as a beginner. Mm-hmm. So just pick one and get good at it. Yeah. One so. To start out. Yeah. So um, you were three of seven months into the uh, Learn Verified program and got laid off, use that as sort of a catalyst to sort of jump in and say, okay, well, I've come this far. I'm going to do what it takes to finish it and change careers. I became super stubborn at this point um, (laughs) because even though I was financially not getting a paycheck, I just didn't want to sign up for because ultimately, you know, when I graduated college, I couldn't find a job and I ended up just taking what I could get. And I, mm. I kind of got complacent in that field for like almost a decade. So I didn't want to do that again. Um, and I wanted my next move to be very intentional and thought out. So I was stubborn and 
didn't just take any job I could get. Um, and yeah, it worked out. That's great. <laughs> so you finished that up. And then coming out of the seven-month Learn Verified online boot camp, where'd you go from there? So from there, um, well, during the same time, I was taking like the courses and, and getting involved with the Girl Development community more, um, I guess, just more. And so it kind of just coincidentally, as I was finishing up my Learn Verified, Learn Verified, Learn Co program mm -hmm. um, opportunities opened up through Girl Develop It that allowed me to apply to internships, mm -hmm. um, and so I received a summer internship that was paid and that was awesome um, at Qualcomm. Qualcomm. Three months. Yeah. yeah. This is like, in case you're not familiar, in San Diego, Qualcomm is like the big tech company yeah. here. They're it's, huge. Yeah, it was a really big deal. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. fantastic. And then, so you did the internship, and then you were able to find a programming job right after that? Yeah, it honestly didn't take... So by time I was finishing up my internship, I was going on so many um, interviews. And yeah, it was like literally right after, like maybe two weeks after that I got my first... Oh, <laughs> as a software developer. And I think that was also through somebody who you met in the community. Yeah. So I don't know if I should name him, but uh, through putting myself out there in the community, it was someone that I just kept meeting over and over again and mm -hmm. eventually formed a relationship. I would message him via Slack when I would run into a coding problem and he just always was a great resource to me to help or at least point me in the direction that I needed to figure out the answer. Um, and yeah, through my connection with him, I was able to find a job. That's awesome. Yeah. And so if there's one thread that I can see through your whole story, so now you're working as a um, software developer at Verve, that's the mm -hmm. name of the company. Um, and it seems like it's through getting out to the meetups, to the community, mm -hmm. that really pushed you in the right direction. And made you had contacts that led to jobs. Mm -hmm. You had, um, you surrounded yourself with other people that were also learning or experienced with what you were learning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know. How important do you think that was to where you are today? Uh, that was absolutely necessary. I couldn't have uh, been able to be where I am today without a little help from my friends, to be corny. Um, but yeah, without meeting people and, and getting connected and putting myself out there. Um, so for instance, the RubyConf Australia opportunity. Yeah. So you went to RubyConf <laughs> Texas. Yeah. And so you're attending there as a scholar and like now you're presenting at RubyConf yeah. Australia. Like a year later, um, I get to go as a speaker. It was so exciting. But that opportunity came from, I mean, the person that I know from that program I met at Rails Camp, the first Rails Camp that I went to. So it's just like, you know, these opportunities just didn't come out of thin airs because I put myself out there and, and met the right people and mm -hmm. yeah. 
Interesting. It's really awesome. Do you have any philosophies, I wonder, like when you go and you meet people at these conferences and whatnot, mm -hmm. do you follow up with them afterwards? Um, I would be lying if I said I always do, <laughs> but it's a good idea too. Yeah, totally. For sure, to keep your contacts mm -hmm. close. Okay. Um, someone had a question since we're live streaming this. Mm -hmm. What do you do at Girl Develop It? So, yeah, I, I, I'm really happy to talk about Girl Develop It. But so I started out as at Girl Develop It again um, as a student and literally not really knowing anything at all. Mm -hmm. And like a year later, now I get to be the co-leader of San the San Diego chapter. Mm -hmm. So that just means that I get to help organize and be the person behind the scenes of the operations of our local chapter, um, along with my partner, Courtney Phillips, who really is like the heartbeat of our organization because um, through her connection is how we are able to partner with Qualcomm. Mm -hmm. But anyways, so for Girl Develop It now, I just basically help to organize events and what kind of events do they run? so this weekend we have our HTML and CSS intermediate workshops so they're affordable classes and we also offer scholarships through our sponsors and so that's this weekend but so right now like the next six months we are offering a front-end development series I guess you could call it and so if you're part of the cohort the idea is at the end of the series, you'll have a project to show off, and hopefully you will have the opportunity to intern at Qualcomm. But you could just, if you don't want to do the whole thing, you could cherry pick as you go. So after this class, we're going to have um, a workshop on user experience, but we also like scatter like code and coffees in between so that what you learn from your workshop, you can hopefully have a project to keep learning and um, pairing with other people who are learning the same thing that you are. Or if you have questions, you can go. There's always like TAs and mentors. And then we also do like um, professional development too. So one of our biggest, the one that sells out all the time is um, uh, how to ace the technical interview. And so our participants get an opportunity to whiteboard and practice with each other and just learn how to do their LinkedIn better, and yeah, it's, it's a great organization. Nice. How do you ace the technical interview <laughs> in 30 seconds? Hmm. <laughs> that's tough, because I definitely bombed a lot of them. <laughs> but, okay, so that's actually a good question, and something I do tell people when I give my the talk of my story, is to be yourself, but also to be different. Um, so when I was, and that process of applying for jobs and doing the whiteboarding, for instance, there were so many whiteboarding challenges that I just bombed at. Um, but instead of going home and just like wallowing in my self-pity and saying I'm stupid or whatever, just forgetting, trying to forget the experience, I would go home and, and still try to figure out the solution to those problems. So that when I emailed the interviewer back saying thank you, I would also say, hey, I focus a little bit more time on the whiteboarding challenge you gave me. Here's the solution. Let me know what you think. And, you know, from doing things like that and just kind of going above and beyond, I received an, another opportunity to intern um, 
that way. I didn't intern with them, but yeah, you just gotta. That's good advice. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Put yourself out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I honestly have a vivid memory of bombing a whiteboard challenge at a company <laughs> once. It was awful. I, I was on the oh, in the pressure. I remember feeling so embarrassed. I remember mm. writing out some code, but I knew it was horrible. And then they came back in and just like scratched out my code. And here's how you do it. I had the faintest idea, and I it was. Yeah, it's okay uh, though, because through those experiences is when you're learning too. You know, mm -hmm. it's difficult, and especially if you go home and keep thinking about it and working on it, like. The next technical interview, you know, just bring it. Like, you're just going to get better each time. Nice. Love that. Um, so one thing that I know um, you mentioned is about something called growth versus fixed mindset. Mm -hmm. um, how did that factor into your path? Yep. So I... I was very lucky to get introduced to this pretty early, which may have contributed to just my way of thinking. Um, through Girl Develop It, our, one of our very first classes, the teacher introduced, I, Carol Dweck is the professor of Stanford who was responsible for these studies that uh, showed the dichotomy of a fixed versus growth mindset. And someone that has a fixed mindset is more likely to give up when things get hard because they think that the skills or their intelligence or traits are fixed, obviously. So mm -hmm. they either have it or they don't. Mm -hmm. And if they don't, then they're like, well, I guess this wasn't meant for me, so I'll just do something else. Mm -hmm. um, person with a growth mindset is someone who obviously is the opposite. They're more willing to accept challenges wholeheartedly, and they understand that they're not failing, they're learning. Like if something isn't easy, they, they don't give up. They're more willing to realize that it's part of their growth. Um, and so hearing that distinction uh, was really important to hear early on because throughout this entire journey and even today, whenever I hear like that, voice in my head that's very negative and just, I guess, kind of fixed. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, you just have to kind of just make it go away and just be positive and just realize that this is hard, but maybe if you keep learning and applying yourself, you know, things are going to get better. Mm -hmm. So You can get better at anything if you choose to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely a choice. For sure. Yep. All right. So um, you mentioned at RubyConf, uh, oh, wait, we've got one more question here. Mm -hmm. What would you say? Oh, this is a general question. What is the average, uh, I guess, hourly rate of people interning? I don't know what the average is. Am I allowed to share? Yes. Okay. So at <laughs> the internship I received, I believe it was. $20, $20 an, an hour. hour. Yeah, it sounds about right. Yep, and it was a full-time opportunity as well. Mm -hmm. and actually, and the sort of the growth and fixed mindset leads to, you mentioned uh, you had somebody come up to you at uh, RubyConf in Australia and say something meaningful. Yeah, um, so I met this gentleman and 
obviously Australia after my talk. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciated what he was saying because along this journey, it's very obvious to like as a minority African American woman that uh, you don't really see other people who look like yourself at uh, represented at different tech events or meetup groups or whatever. So basically, he his point was that by me sharing my story and hopefully inspiring other people, especially women or just people of minority groups, that I'm ultimately hopefully doing something that's much larger than myself and hopefully giving people the hope to do the same thing if they so choose to. Yeah. Um, It was really special. I I couldn't agree more. I think the more you see, um, yeah, I think it's very, it takes a more uh, guts and bravery than you think to, to get out there and learn and meet new people and go into environments. And hopefully there's people, you know, listening to this now or watching the video that mm-hmm. are inspired and can go a little bit more from fixed mindset. Mm-hmm. My, it's limited. I can't do this to I can accomplish this mm-hmm. if I put my mind to it and grow towards it. And so the last thing I want to talk about um, is because this is the show about um, open source. I don't think any of this, like a lot of this, a lot of what you were able to accomplish, I don't think would have been possible without strong open source. Mm -hmm. And when I say open source, open source isn't just code. It's about community. And what I've seen over and over again is you were able to reach out and find these communities that are rallying around these open source projects. And that's been sort of the ladder that you've been able to climb that's helped Mm -hmm. you climb that ladder. Not to take it away from your grit and your passion because you need that too. No, I couldn't have done it alone for sure. Yeah. I forgot what the saying is. Don't mind me. (laughs) No worries. Um, but yeah, so if it, this wouldn't happen if it was, you know, proprietary, if, you know, we're all using these tools mm-hmm. to build things across companies, across our own products, doing consulting work. And because of that, and because it's similar tools, we can have meetups in great cities like this one, like in San Diego, and we can have rails camps and we can have Ruby confs and we mm-hmm. can get these people together and learn these common and open techniques and build the community and help each other and um, help people make an impact on their lives by following their passion when they find it, mm-hmm. which is what it sounds like you were yeah. able to do pretty successfully. And yeah. I think that's really inspiring. <laughs> Still going, yep. I know I personally find that really inspiring because I know it takes a lot of grit and a lot of passion to keep that growth mindset <laughs> and get to a place where it succeeded. So um, thank you for never giving up. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for code school. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely helped, for sure. And it's so cool to see that you're also now giving back to the community through Girl Develop It mm-hmm. um, and paying it forward. you got to pay it forward. Yeah, it's really important to me. So. Well, thank you, Shana, for taking the time to be on Open Source Craft. Chris, thanks for having me. It's been good. And um, if you'd like to be 
notified of when we put out more of these shows, um, please follow us on Twitter or um, subscribe on iTunes. You can go to codepop.com. That's where our website is. Oh, I'm going to be linking, once this goes out live, um, this episode, I'm going to be linking all of this stuff that, that uh, Shana's talked about in the show notes for this episode. So be sure to check out the show notes. And um, thank you for watching. Bye.